Somebody's going to go bridge here. It's better time. Welcome back to episode seven of the Gone Bridge podcast. My name is Andrew Gardner. I'm here with Alex Clausen and Steve Brady. Boys, how are we doing today? We are literally living the dream right now, guys. I couldn't be doing much better today. Um, so we've, we've got a lot of new listeners this week. We've acquired a lot of new people. We've had quite the crazy week. So we want to just take a minute, step back and kind of welcome you guys to the show because um, we'll get into a little bit more. We're not going to spend too much time because I know we're here to talk Red Sox. But um, obviously, yeah, we got shouted out on Section 10, probably the biggest Red Sox podcast in the uh, nation, which was awesome. Highly unexpected. Definitely. And uh, so, yeah, we want to want to welcome you, all our new listeners, because we have a, a lot of them, a lot of them. We have downloads in 25 states now. Shout out uh, Washington State. You guys are blowing it up out there. Oh, yeah. Washington, Big shout out to you guys. Washington <laughs> loves Gonbridge. We love that. Um, so, yeah, we're just three UNH students. Um, me and Clawson are we're sophomores. Steve's a, a junior. And we just we just love the Red Sox. So if we can, you know, take up an hour of your week, just listen to us talk Red Sox, we would uh, we would be ever thankful for that. Um, but anyways, yeah, that's that's the deal. And um, I don't know if you guys have anything else to add. It was it was just a crazy turn of events. Yeah, I just want to welcome everybody that uh, is going to tune into this episode. We're really excited to see the numbers go up. And we appreciate everybody that has uh, decided to listen to us. Yeah, also a shout out to those uh, international people. I think we got people in the UK and Canada. You guys are the real ones. Um, that's a pretty far way to be a Red Sox fan. So shout out you guys. We're happy you're here. Yeah, shout out England. You guys are, are repping Gombridge from... Um, Europe as well we love to see it um so yeah we're just we're just here to talk Red Sox if it gets a little dry um which it has been this offseason so far we're gonna throw in some general MLB talk as well but once the season starts up once the offseason keeps starting to ramp up which every week we say we hope it will um we are just gonna you know throw as much MLB content in as we can until it's uh fully a Red Sox show but finally we have some Red Sox news this week we got a signing Heim's bringing in Hunter Renfro, the outfielder from the Tampa Bay Rays. He played for the Padres beforehand. Um, it sounds like at the time right now, he's going to be our starting right fielder. I don't know where that's going to move Verdugo and Benintendi. I would assume Benny slides over to center, Verdugo slides into left. Um, overall, it's a solid signing. I think this was kind of the move we were expecting to make. He's, he's a Pilar type player, fills that gap. Um, but I, I think one more outfielder would uh, still be good. I mean, uh, what thoughts do you guys have on that move? Yeah, we definitely need a fourth outfielder, but uh, I think this signing's great. I think that he brings a decent amount of offense to the lineup, especially in terms of power. And like you said, I think that's going to put Verdugo over to left, Benny into center, and then he's going to slide into right for now. Uh, I can see him turning into a platoon type player, depending on who we get later in the offseason. Or I guess there's still rumors, quote unquote, that Jackie Bradley Jr. isn't ruled out of signing back with us. I don't necessarily believe that to be the case. I think he's gone, but so far so good. I've been pretty happy with the way this off season has been going and I've been pretty happy with uh, the talk about the Red Sox because it looks like they're going to be uh, making some more moves after this. Yeah, Steve, I got to be in the same boat as you. I think he's going to be the perfect platoon piece that they need. Um, he plays good defense. He hits for power. Um, I think he's going to be, I don't know that he's an everyday guy. He doesn't hit for very good average. But I think if you can put him in 
every you know every other day, every couple of days. He's going to give you a good pop with his bat, and he's going to play reliable defense in the field. So I think he's kind of the perfect fourth outfielder. Um, I do agree they need another one. Who that is uh, remains to be seen. But um, even if he gets pushed up into that starting role, I don't think it's too bad. So um, I'm excited to see what they still have to do. But I think if he if it all plays out well, I think he's the perfect fourth outfielder for him. Definitely. So it fills that void of the missing right-handed bat in the outfield, um, which we were missing last year with three uh, lefties in the outfield. And uh, per Joel Sherman on MLB Network, uh, he's reporting that Renfro is just the beginning for the Red Sox. Executives around the league keep saying, watch the Red Sox, chance to be a top five offense, and they're in on pitching, in on Odorizzi, which we'll get into later in the show, and in on, in on more bullpen pieces. So obviously this is this is not the only thing Heim's going after. He still feels like there's pieces on this roster that can help them win, that they're almost there. And I love that. I love that they're not going to completely tear it down. So Renfro's a good stepping stone piece. Yeah, in terms of the offense, like we have potential to be a top five offense. I think like last year we kind of underperformed as an offense. And I think that's partly to do with the fact that it was just a shortened season. And uh, with an, uh, an addition like this, I think that we were already like a powerhouse of an offense, especially looking at how Verdugo performed last year. Devers didn't necessarily perform as well as he could have. Benatendi obviously played like a very short amount of the season and didn't play well during that amount of season of the season. JD was not great last year. Uh, so like if all these guys play like we know they can play, I can totally see us being in a perfect position to like put up a bunch of runs a game. Uh, that being said, it's up to uh, where we go with the pitching and where we go, especially, I think, with the bullpen. Yeah, I think, Steve, I got to say the same thing as you. Again, I mean, I think, you know, the Red Sox were a top 15 offense already, and they had so many underperformers. Obviously, they lost Mookie Betts, huge piece. But I think if all of those guys can come back in 21, perform to that level that they were a couple of years ago, I think the offense shoots right up. Um, I don't think there's going to be any problems with the offense. Um, and I think Bloom is really going to do it job i'm happy to hear that he's so aggressive in the free agent market i think he realizes that we need pitching and i think he's going to go after and try and get the right pitching pieces um because in boston you don't have time to rebuild you know fans won't stand for it um especially in the mlb now so i think hein bloom is going to make all the right choices if they can round out that pitching rotation bolster the bullpen i don't think that there's any reason why they don't make the playoffs going forward here's the deal is Obviously, the Red Sox were completely unbelievable in 2018, 108 wins, a World Series championship. Um, and the decline in 2019 was noticeable, but it was mostly the decline of the pitching staff because the Red Sox still led the entire MLB in hits in 2019. Um, Devers had over 200 hits. Betts, um, Benintendi was good. JD, you know, they, they were still hitting the ball really well in 2019. And the only guy who's still not there is uh, Mookie Betts, who unfortunately was the cornerstone of that offense. Uh, pains me to talk about it still. But, uh, you know, the pieces are still there. And a guy like Renfro, he's not, he's not coming in to make that big splash. He reminds me almost of like a Mitch Moreland signing from a couple years ago where he's going to come in, he's going to do his job every day. Um, I, I think Mitch is a better player. I'm not comparing the two of them. But I think in terms of doing their job, Renfro's a perfect guy. I mean, his average is nothing spectacular, but his swing is made for Fenway Park. 33 home runs in 2019 and 26 in 2017 and 2018. And in fact, I remember watching a game last year where he absolutely nuked a ball off Marcus Walden over the monster. Yeah. So 
he, he's a good fit for Fenway. I don't know if you guys knew this, but I actually uh, found out recently that he, uh, I think it was in his statement about signing with the Red Sox is that we drafted him out of high school. So I thought that was really interesting. I think it's cool that we um, got him back on the team, I guess, for, uh, for real this time. Yeah, he, uh, he was That's drafted, cool. drafted uh, I think, what, in like 20, 2010 maybe? Yeah, like a little while Sox. ago. Yeah, 2010, 31st round by the uh, Boston Red Sox. And then um, he was redrafted in 2013, first round by the San Diego Padres. So um, he's got the talent. He's a first-round talent. Obviously, the MLB is not like the NBA and NFL where first-round talents normally turn into superstars. But um, the scouts obviously saw something in him and, you know, he's got, he's got the power. So I'm ready to, uh, I'm ready to see what he can do. He'll probably, I would expect probably hit around uh, six to seven in the lineup. That would probably be a good spot for him. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, but the thing we got to get into here is, is the real problem of the team, the pitching. And none of those uh, questions have been answered yet. Haim, as I said with that Joel Hyman uh, tweet, He's going to be aggressive, but we don't, uh, we don't know specifically who they're going to sign yet. Yeah. I mean, I think we've seen in the past, uh, especially in recent years, uh, how important pitching is to, especially a postseason run and um, how important an elite uh, reliever could be. Uh, you've seen guys like Andrew Miller, Aurelis Chapman, um, even Zach Burton, who unfortunately wasn't used uh, effectively that year, I think in 2016, uh, how far these guys can take you if you just use them right. I think Terry Francona kind of starting the trend with uh, Andrew Miller. So if we can get not a word, I don't think there's anybody on the market, even close to any of those names. There's no possibility that we get somebody like that, but even just reliever talent in general needs to uh, improve in order for us to have any shot of doing anything at all, even making the playoffs. Yeah. I think the, the offense definitely gives a good cushion for the pitching. I don't think the pitching has to be perfect. Um, it doesn't really have to be, you know, elite either. But where the offense, you know, it has potential to be top five. I think if you can bring that along with an, you know, above average, you know, maybe average, but slightly above average pitching staff and bullpen, then I think you can make a solid, you know, World Series run. Um, I don't know that you're going to take down like the Dodgers, but I think you can win a playoff series. Um, it'll probably take a little bit, but, you know, you could probably win a playoff series with the amount of offense that the Red Sox have. Um, so I'm not freaking out too much over pitching right now. Um, free agent market is really, really quiet. Um, the stove hasn't heated up at all. I think we've seen, um, you know, Lance Lynn was really kind of the only semi big name that's signed so far. And it doesn't seem like that there's much traction for anybody else. So, you know, I'm giving it some time. I know Heim's going to do the right moves. Um, so I think the, the Red Sox are in good position. We feel good that they're actually going after pitching. Yeah, so they uh, some of the names that have been tossed around here for um, pitching. Obviously, we talked about Sugano from Japan last episode. So he was posted on December twelfth. He's got twenty five days to sign with an MLB team. Um, from also, today, right from today. So today is the the seventeenth. So um, I would expect probably around New Year's and beginning of January, if not before then, he'll end up signing with whoever. Although. I haven't really heard too much else about um, him and the Red Sox. So um, we'll see where that goes. Um, however, I was looking at a, a projected Red Sox pitching rotation for next year um, with a couple of the Frisian names and targets who uh, coincidentally, I think it was episode three. We threw out some of these names, uh, J.A. Happ, 
Matt Shoemaker, Jose Quintana, Jake Odorizzi, who he's he's my guy. I'm I'm hoping the Red Sox go after him. So um, right now, projected wise, Rodriguez would be the number one. Nathan Ivaldi would be the two, and then um, the three spot would theoretically be filled between either Sugano, Odorizzi, or Corey Kluber. And then the fourth spot, that's kind of the question mark. That's probably where Jaime is going to go after one of those um, less expensive guys who can at least eat innings. Um, so some of those examples, Matt Shoemaker, Jose Quintana, Rich Hill, J.A. Happ. And then the fifth spot right now, um, it's probably being uh, battled out between Nick Pavetta and uh, Tanner Houck. So there's a lot of options there. And no one, no, again, no one really flashy, but no one who you look at and say, man, he would be a horrible signing. Yeah, like we've been saying every single week, week in and week out, as long as we sign anybody in order to try and like bolster this rotation, like it's not going to, no, none of these names are going to, you know, blow you out of the water. Let's be like, let's be real. Uh, hopefully Chris Sale ends up coming back eventually this season. Um, I don't know how much hope I have for that, even if he does come back, how consistent he's going to be. But I would agree with you in that I would love uh, Order Izzy to join this team. I think he's a really solid guy, especially as a number three. And if I had to fill in that four spot with anybody, I'm uh, pretty high on Rich Hill just because what I've seen him do, I think he's been consistent, if nothing less. So I think that with a Red Sox rotation that looks like it does, consistency is one of the you know most valuable uh, traits of a pitcher we can have right now because watching somebody just come in and either light it up or get blown out uh, is not what is not my cup of tea personally. So if I can just guarantee somebody's going to give me five decent innings of baseball, like I would take that any day of the week. Was the last time Rich Hill was in Boston? Yeah. Was that I like, mean, again, I think, no, I was going to say it was the last time Rich Hill was in Boston. Was that when he was like arrested at the Patriots game? Uh, I honestly have <laughs> no idea, but that's pretty funny. Uh, I mean, I like welcoming guys back. If you got arrested at the Patriots game, I think if anything, Bostonians would honestly like think He's that's behind it. Yeah. So who knows? I mean, I don't think you're a true Bostonian if you haven't gotten arrested at Gillette <laughs> Stadium yet. So I think you know he gets the pass for me. That that's not something I'm too worried about. Listen, he's already he's already been on the Red Sox for for two stints. This would be his third one if they sign him back. He's an older guy. He's um, forty. He is uh, 40 years old now, so heading into the season, he'll be 41. Been um, in the league since 2005. 2005, yeah. Nice. He's played. He's been a journeyman. He's been on uh, three, six, nine teams now. Um, one of the Red Sox' bigger mistakes was um, not re-signing him after the 2015 season. I remember, uh, wasn't he? He was playing independent league ball somewhere, um, and I think the Red Sox like picked him up super cheap, and he started four games for them, pitched a 1.55 ERA two wins and uh they let him go in the next uh next year 2016 he had a really good season with oakland and the dodgers with a, a 212 era but um again i'd be welcome very welcome to have him back yeah it's awesome you yeah, if he can still fun. pitch i mean like steve said consistency is the biggest thing um, yeah. consistency is definitely the biggest thing um, I think when you look at like the 2018 team, especially like that rotation, Chris Sale was really fantastic. Um, and I mean, David Price was the number two and he really wasn't that great. I mean, he had a three, five ERA. Um, he showed up in the playoffs, but you know, he was nothing special. So I don't think the Red Sox really need like that, like fire one, two punch of like, you know, the Washington nationals where, you know, you can guarantee, you know, almost guarantee a win for those first two games of the series. 
Um, so I think as long as you just have consistency, you know, two through five, I think it's going to get them where they need to be. And this rotation even has the potential to like put out uh, a really good one-two punch. Like I, I keep saying, because sales a question mark in my mind, but like, like we've seen him perform at one of the, like the top levels in the league that you could see, like he led the league in strikeouts. Like he was a guy with stuff that nobody could touch. And then Erod, uh, I think people have been saying it for a while that like, he's going to be like the guy next year. So the next like, Pedro. I, yeah, seriously, <laughs> the next Pedro, quote unquote, we love that saying, but um, I mean like those two guys, I think give you a really solid um, chance to win every game. And then anybody else with this offense, like just don't get absolutely shelled and we'll be fine. Here's the deal with me is that, um, you know, 2018, the Red Sox were so dominant in the regular season and those last uh, two weeks leading up to the playoffs, at least I I was in the boat as well with a lot of fans where it was like, if the pitching comes through, all we did this season is going to be a waste because we're not going to beat the Yankees. We're not going to beat the Astros. We're not going to beat the Dodgers. And thankfully they did. Um, We only lost three games the entire postseason. Um, But having that depth in a pitching staff, if you want to win a World Series, is key to it all. You saw it with the Dodgers. You saw it with the Nationals. You saw it with the Red Sox in 2018. If the Red Sox want to do it again, they got to get some more depth. And right now there are a whole lot of question marks there the pieces are there or almost there we just need to sign them um however you don't know what you're going to get from chris sale if he comes back you don't know what you're going to get from eduardo rodriguez just in general because um you know a heart related injury from covid is not the most promising thing and i know he says he's good but um you know i i can't i can't guarantee he's going to be lights out anymore avaldi same thing hurt a lot um Kluber, you could you could make a, clay, a case that Kluber can still be a number two pitcher. I mean, if David Price was still a number two, so can Corey Kluber. You just you, haven't seen him. You haven't seen it the last two years, but he's only made eight starts. Like, the sample size is very, very small. If anything, that's just more rest that, like, will benefit an older pitcher like this. Right, exactly. And that's, that's where I'm at with Price. Is like, Price didn't even pitch this year. So, you know, we unload him to the Dodgers. I don't – I hate getting into the trade, but – you know, the Dodgers don't know what they're getting with David Price either. That's I honestly forgot about that. I forgot that they'd have David Price, and that could, honestly, that could be a, a really good piece for them next year, depending on, like, what he looks like. That's the thing. Yeah, it could be a good piece, or, you know, he could he could fall flat on his face again and, you know, pull some 2016 stuff. I like that could also potentially cause a little bit of stirrings in the clubhouse, so. Yeah, because he wasn't around the team at all last year, correct? I don't think so, no. No. Don't let don't let Tavy, Davy uh, Tinglefingers get on Fortnite again. Dude, He'll be out for three months. You a big personality like that into a culture that like is already won. It's like everybody else is going to be like, "Where were you last year? Like, like why should we, you know, listen to this guy?" And he's going to come in, and I think he's going to try and like assert himself as like a veteran leader. And I don't know if the Dodgers are going to have that. Yeah, I mean the Dodgers already have a lot of veteran presence. You know, Kershaw and Justin Turner. Um, couple guys in their bullpen you know they they've got they've got veteran presence there and um i I don't quite know how david price is going to fit into that picture i mean he's going to be nice on the mound he's probably going to fit the number three spot if i had to guess but i don't know clubhouse wise how he'll fit in with the the dodgers which we've seen with the red sox too he he never quite fit in which was unfortunate because there was so much hope and promise when he signed him and you know boston finally kind of came around to him in 2018 
Um, and, and you he can win us a World Series, like yeah, and you can make a case that he was the World Series MVP that year. I mean, if Steve Pierce doesn't kind of turn it on there and um, have some big hits at the end of Game Four and Game Five, you can make the the case that David Price is the the World Series MVP. But um, yeah, David Price, the jury is out on David Price. I don't know what the LA media is like, but uh, hopefully they're not probably not good. He <laughs> might throw a temper tantrum. Uh, I'm thinking it's, it's probably not as bad as Boston, um, but, like, I guess when I look at the Dodgers, there's almost, like, too many cooks in the kitchen for them to have, like, egos around. You know what I mean? Like, he's not an important piece. They've won a World Series without him. They kind of don't need him. Um, so if he tries to come in, you know, high and mighty, um, you know, being this veteran leader in the clubhouse, I mean, nobody's going to care. Nobody's going to listen to the guy. Um, yeah, I think he's, like, a, the fourth it seems like it's, starter. Yeah. Yeah. It seems I like – so. After it Dustin seems May. like um, LA is a lot more like relaxed than Boston. Like with Boston, there's like these really like high, you know, heightened expectations and this pressure to win. Where Los Angeles, like it's, I think it's, um, you know, he's gonna have a hard time if he starts coming in and trying to be the uh, the king of the world. Yeah, I mean, the guy got toasted in Boston for playing too much Fortnite. I mean, I don't know how much more the uh, tough the media can get on you than that. Um, it's pretty brutal, but yeah, kind of coming back to the socks here. Um, even a guy like Jose Quintana, I don't, I haven't really heard much about him being tied to the Red Sox, but a Jose Quintana is a fourth piece. It's not bad. And when sale comes back, if he bumps down to a five, everyone's healthy and you still have, um, you know, some versatile options like Tanner Houck, Nick Pavetta, <clears throat> excuse me, Chris Mazza, you know, that team can be dangerous coming into playoffs. I don't know if I'd want to face, uh, uh, Sale, Rodriguez, Avaldi, and Kluber with Quintana as your fifth guy or first guy out of the bullpen in the playoffs. I don't, I don't think I would be very happy playing that team. Yeah, it just depends on whether no, like none of those guys are like, oh, they're gonna last me an entire season. Not a single <laughs> one of them is like, I, I can count on this guy to like be there for game one of the playoffs. Like, which well, that's you- there's there's no way all five of them would be healthy. Like, that's just completely out of the question. But if we were, were being unrealistic and it happened, Sox would be filthy. Well, yeah, I agree with you. The talent is totally there with like all those names. And as far as Quintana goes, uh, it's just what his price is with, along with like a lot of guys like that, even Kluber included. How much are they going to want for who they are? Clawson, were you the guy who you, you were who said you hated Quintana, correct? Uh, Steve. Yeah. Uh, Steve. Clawson uh, made the comparison between him and Clay Buckles. Because Quintana has been uh, this guy that has been like highly touted and like could get the money that he wanted. And like, uh, like I think the Cubs traded a lot for him when they got him from the White Sox, but he's never been anybody that uh, lights it up. He's always been a guy that could light it up. So I don't know, like that's just adding another question mark to a rotation full of question marks in my mind. But like I said, for the right price, ah, go for it. Yeah, I, um, I think as I think as long as like the average fan, like if you said like if oh god, no, you're go ahead. I'm looking at someone. I was gonna say like if the average fan can like if you threw out like the fifth Red Sox pitcher and like told it to like an average baseball fan and they're like, oh yeah, I know who that guy is. I think we're in pretty good uh we're in a pretty good position. But if you throw out like some I, I don't even know you know the 80th 80th pitcher the Red Sox used this year, then you know we're probably not in good uh good position. Yeah, the the other position we got to look here, um, 
it's the bullpen, obviously, because, um, you know, the starters are only going to pitch you two thirds of a game if you're lucky every night. Um, yeah, I'd argue the bullpen's even more important than the starters. I, I completely agree. Um, so right now, I think the only guaranteed pieces in the pen are uh, Barnes and Brazier and uh, maybe Darwin's and Hernandez. We got a lot of question marks to fill there as well. I mean, no Workman, no Hembry. Those guys were relatively good for the team the last um, Workman was good. Hembry couple years. Meh. Um but yeah, um Garrett Whitlock's one guy I think he could come in. Obviously they picked him in the Rule 5 draft last uh last week. But beyond that, I think it's going to be kind of the same thing with last year. I'm going to probably pull some uh pull some names out of his bag we've never really heard of. Can't really speculate on it can't really predict because um yeah there's really no rumors about it and heim heim kind of does his own thing depending on what our starting rotation looks like i can see uh Hauk coming in and being a solid guy out of the bullpen maybe use him as like a seven or eight inning eight, eight inning guy that just uh can strike out the side something like that yeah uh, i'd almost rather have like if Hauk is going to be a starter for the next 10 years i'd almost rather keep him as a starter and then i would take somebody out of the bullpen like um or take somebody out of the starting rotation like you know erod like if he's taken like if they kind of want to wean him in like you can put him in the um, bullpen evaldi it's a really expensive bullpen piece but you know if he's not working as a starter you know maybe you could put him in for if you need two innings out of a guy but um you know these guys coming up like i wouldn't want to disrupt any of their development by throwing him in the bullpen um and then you know they start as a starter, go to the bullpen, bring him back. Like, I think that's kind of too much shifting for a young guy with a lot of potential. I think Evaldi would remind me a lot of uh, Joe Kelly if we put him in the bullpen just because he throws hard and uh, has strikeout material. But uh, like you said, he's really expensive to be Joe Kelly. So, Yeah, I mean, I'll say it. I, I've said this before, but wherever Evaldi can get, get outs the most effectively, that's where I would put him. Um, it's not my Reds. It's not my money that the Red Sox is, are spending. It hurts me to see them paying him that much. But um, if he if he's more effective in the bullpen like Joe Kelly was, because Joe Kelly was a converted starter as well, then I say go for it. Um, I was actually looking the other day at the Rule Five Draft. I was reading an article that Red Sox um, Ian Brown uh, wrote about the past selections in the Rule Five Draft. Um, you know, the majority of these names here, like they never really amounted to anything. They're pretty, uh, pretty quiet guys. However, the one player who stuck out to me, 2011, the Red Sox picked Marwin Gonzalez, who was actually a, you know, a pretty decent piece with the Astros a couple years ago, played for the twins. So I just thought that was interesting that, uh, you know, we had him at one point, he would have been a good utility guy, but, uh, they shipped him off to, uh, Chicago. Yeah. The real five draft, I think is, uh, something like you never really expect them to do well in their first year where they have to be on the 40 man, but like you see something in them enough where you're willing to like take a chance on them, maybe for the future. Yeah. Another one of those guys was uh, Josh Rutledge, one of the ever revolving doors of second baseman for the last couple of years in uh, 2016. Yeah, I see those guys in Cooperstown one day. Oh. <laughs> No, I'm pretty sure the the Rutledge and Leon plaques are right next to each other. They're primed, ready to go. Going to see a statue outside of Fenway. Um, so that's 
right next to Ted Williams. Right, right? next to Teddy Ball again. Josh, Josh Rutledge and Ted Williams. Not a, not a better duo in Red Sox history. Um, that's about it for Red Sox news. Uh, I don't know if you guys have anything else to add. It's about all I got. We'll kind of move into some more general MLB here, uh, news here in just a second, though. I mentioned it earlier. Uh, I guess JBJ is getting even more attention on the free agent market than he was um, a couple weeks ago. I think the Phillies and like the Marlins, I think, were two teams that uh, were named that were interested in him in addition to, I guess, us, uh, allegedly, and uh, like Houston. So uh, I think even like the Dodgers, I think we're rumored to like be kind of interested just to, like atomize depth. But uh, JBJ, like, I'm not sure. I don't think he's coming back, but like, I'm really curious to see where he's going to go now. I did not expect him to get this much attention on the free agent market. Yeah, I, I have no idea. I know Houston was in on him. Uh, maybe a team like Pittsburgh, Cleveland. Um, speaking of Cleveland, uh, Indians after 2021 are no longer going to be the Indians. Um, following in the footsteps of the Washington foot or Redskins changing their name as well. Um, to a more culturally appropriate name. Um, yeah, I think this kind of saw this for a long time coming. Doesn't really surprise me, especially how the Redskins had set the precedent for doing this. But um, I'm more interested to see what they're going to change the name to. I, I know they're going to still operate as the Indians for this next season. And then after that, they'll change it. But um, yeah, I, I wonder, uh, I, I'm interested to see what, what name they all right, we are back. Quick technical difficulty break. We're back. Uh, so anyway, speaking of the Indians, um, the Indians are changing their name from the Cleveland Indians to a, a new name. We don't know yet. Um, this stems from, uh, honestly, years of um, unhappiness with people with the Indians name. Uh, so they'll be changing it to something more culturally appropriate. Um, a transition from getting rid of uh, the uh logo i forget what they call them but yeah the chief uh chief wahoo, chief wahoo. Yeah. yeah so the redskins they're falling in the washington redskins footsteps who uh still don't have a name in our first place in their division crazy enough um but yeah i want to hear if you guys got any ideas for the new uh cleveland baseball team name oh uh, well i yeah i mean like i think that I've seen like some suggestions of names, some like lame, like animals and stuff like the spiders or like uh, I've seen like crows for some reason is like a popular suggestion. I don't know if it's because of like the alliteration with like the C, but I think that's also kind of lame. I think that they should just really like go as like ridiculous as they can get away with because like what, how often do you get to like just rename a franchise? Like, I don't know what it would be, but like, I don't know what Cleveland's famous for either, like besides like the Cavaliers and LeBron James, I guess. So, I mean, like, I think they should just get as ridiculous as possible. We gotta go, gotta go rock and roll in my opinion. Oh yeah. That's not a bad one. See, there. I was, was going to mention. So I've Cleveland? Heard... Yeah, yeah. 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 All right. Then there you go. Yeah. That's in a good fact, the, the 2019 all-star game jerseys had a guitar like across the front of them. Yeah. All right. There you oh, go. That's right. So I was going to mention, I've seen a couple lists like out on the internet and the spiders were a baseball team in like the twenties or something. I think they're like the worst baseball team of all time. Um, so I wouldn't go with that. Um, I've heard of the Cleveland rocks, which I think you would have to clarify it as like the rock and rolls. Cause I think people would confuse it as like, Oh, they're just a bunch of like pieces of rock. Um, <laughs> like the Mets. So like I that was a little dumb. Get so excited over a rock. That's like really right. Dumb. Dude, ask my um, geology teacher. I don't know. 
Um, but my, my, I think my vote for now is the Cleveland baseball team. Um, the Washington football team has gone over fantastic. Um, I think they've been they're successful. I think the team name is just kind of funny. Um, so my vote as of right now, um, probably not the Rocks. Um, Spiders, it's not great. Um, so Cleveland baseball team is my vote. You know, what if all teams in baseball and football just completely axed their nickname and just went by the city they were from? Like they do in soccer, like you just have like New York Football Club. Like we could just have the Boston baseball team, like you know the the New York Baseball Club, and you know we could just battle it out, fight for your city. I think it would be pretty cool. Knowledge about the MLS does show though that they do have uh, team names. Some of them do. I mean, most of the teams in Europe, however, I feel like some of them just don't. They just go off. Oh yeah, in Europe, I don't know about Europe. That's like a. But um, if I had to pick. If I was the team owner, Cleveland, like the guitars, I don't know. You got to do something with that. I don't know. If they can get the rights to Elvis Presley, like his likeness, I would, I would uh, be down with something like that. What about the Cleveland Rockers? I was going to say Cleveland could be good. Cleveland rock stars. Yeah. Something like that would be sweet. I think, uh, I think the spiders are an okay name but Klaus and I didn't realize they're like the worst team ever so I don't know why you would try and follow that up um also I don't know if you guys had heard this isn't even baseball but um the Vancouver Canucks there is some talk about um their name getting changed too I feel like um what is a Canuck bad so I, I'm honestly sharp, not really right? sure yeah that's what I thought something with cultural appropriation as well but um Shout out to the new hockey team. I think they're, what, the Kraken? The Kraken, yeah. Awesome name, sweet yeah. logo. I'm excited for some Seattle hockey, you know. Maybe they can uh, – they'll probably be better than the Mariners in their first year because um, the Mariners are horrible. Although, we don't want to speak badly about anything in Washington because uh, – Gon- well, Obviously, they're not Mariners fans. Yeah, they, true. Also like the Red Sox for some reason. That's a good point. Um, so – yeah, we'll, we'll stay tuned on that. They're going to be the Indians for one more season unless they, they pull a Cleveland baseball team move. Um, but, yeah, we'll have a new new name for the Cleveland Indians heading into the 2022 season. Um, so, yeah, that's exciting. Um, yeah, you guys got any other big pieces to add here before we uh, start to close out the ninth and get some of our final thoughts and other miscellaneous stuff out of the way? I mean, even if Cleveland Cleveland does uh, get a new name and it ends up being good, they're just going to trade it in five years anyway. So, like, it doesn't really matter. I uh, I just thought of this. They could go like the uh, you know how like you know minor league teams like they're not really like serious names. They could go that, that way, like you know the Montgomery Biscuits or something. Like they could just pick something like totally obscure and just make themselves as the Cleveland, you know, whatever that is. So. Um, if they don't go the baseball team, I, I vote something that is just way out of left field. Oh yeah. I'm a huge advocate for crazy minor league uh, team names, you know, obviously, um, you know, the Hartford yard goats repping my home state of Connecticut. Um, love that name. The woo socks, the woo socks, woo socks, woo socks, like one of our tweets this week, Clawson's got his woo socks shirt on. Um, Gone bridge is a very pro woods, uh, not woods, woo socks podcast um so if i'm the indians i'm throwing something crazy out there i saw something really really dumb that they named the team the like cleveland lindors there's some tie-in with the the chocolate company but also they're like 
well, if they name the team after Lindor, like he'll never leave. But the Indians are the ones who want to trade Lindor anyway. So I thought that was one of the more ridiculous things I've ever seen. That's like having a, like a one month like tenure on like a relationship and like getting your girlfriend's name tattooed to your chest. It's just a mistake. Steve, don't you have that? You got a little uh, thing on your shoulder. Yeah, yeah. That's why I wear long sleeves. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the uh, Steve doesn't like his shirt taken off, just like Jose Altuve. He's yeah, got that embarrassing Steve, tattoo. What are you hiding on? Uh, what tattoo are you hiding? Yeah, I guess we'll never know. We'll never know. <laughs> the Cleveland, if the Cleveland baseball team end up being the Lindors. If the Cleveland baseball, I'll, I'll say this now: if the Cleveland baseball team ends up being the Cleveland Lindors, I'll get a Cleveland Lindor tattoo on my shoulder. <laughs> Um, <laughs> okay i'll do it it's I'll on the it. record now it's on the We're record live. <laughs> if they turn into the cleveland lindors i'll get a cleveland lindors tattoo on my shoulder um all right book it book it book it i don't think that's gonna happen i hope it doesn't happen there's no reason it should happen because <laughs> there are so many better names but you heard it here first um so anyway we're gonna close out the ninth here uh we got a couple minor things to go over Obviously, some of the other big news this week, um, the Negro League's records and stats will now be considered MLB records and stats. So all the players, all their stats will be um, combined with the MLB stats as they rightfully should. Um, It took way too long. I don't know what the holdup was for this, but this is awesome because, you know, they uh, they deserve it. That's the history of baseball, and it needs to be included 100 percent as on the same exact level as the MLB. Mm-hmm. No, I think it was a, it was a great move. Um, you know, something that needed to be done uh, and just uh, really, uh, really happy about that. It'll, you know, reflect the history of the game as it should be. Yeah. No, yeah I would have said that. More important. I would have said that was one of those things that happened like 50 years ago. I didn't realize that um, they weren't included in the history books, but I was really glad to see it. Um, you know, give those guys the credit they deserve for playing, you know, high level baseball before they got to the MLB. So I'm all for it. Yeah. Awesome stuff. Um, and also Manny Ramirez for a second time this week did not get recognized in Australia. He went up to another guy wearing a Red Sox hat and uh, nobody knows Manny in Australia. So we were talking this week and we were saying, um, if you were out on the streets of Boston, how many, if a, if a player came up to you, how likely would you be to recognize uh, them? And we were saying that like, at least with the 2020 team, there would be a lot of bullpen guys who, if they came up to, we would have absolutely no idea who they were. Even if they were in full Red Sox uniform and like had their name on the back of their Jersey, I would still be like, ah, are you? Uh, I don't know if you're on the <laughs> nice Halloween costume guy. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. Um, but yeah, the Manny thing is hilarious. And my dad actually last night, he was like, would you be able to recognize him? It's like, I, absolutely. It's Manny. It's not, exactly the same right now. It's not Matt Hall or, uh, you know, Josh Osage. It's Manny Ramirez. Bobby Pointer. Bobby Pointer. Oh my God. What happened to Bobby if Pointer? It, if it happens again, um, I'm going to be, pretty certain that we've all at one point in our lives met Manny Ramirez like I think the odds that like he was like the school janitor at some point and just like I never noticed it is probably a pretty you know a lot higher than I assume so it's just Manny somebody please just recognize Manny just recognize Manny please somebody I I was scrolling through r slash red Sox uh shout out to that subreddit and um somebody had posted 
a uh, thing on it where they were a Red Sox fan from Australia and they were explaining the fact that literally nobody in Australia like knows about baseball like they couldn't name like a franchise uh, like of the MLB and like 99.9% of the time um, when they're wearing a baseball hat like they don't know that it's a baseball hat they're like uh, it's just like a cool looking hat and um, he said that he or she um, said that whenever they would see somebody with a Red Sox merchandise on, they'd be like, oh, though no, you were a Red Sox fan? Like, I'm a Red Sox fan. And they're like, oh, for seven on that. And like, they're just like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, get away from me. Like, what, like, what is baseball? That's got to be one of my biggest pet peeves is when people wear any sports apparel just for like a fashion statement. Like, people like us, we live and breathe through the team. Um, so don't be wearing that. Like, oh, I love the Red Sox B. That looks so good on a shirt. I'm just going to wear it. Uh, don't do that because you look like an absolute fool. And when people bring it up in conversation and you have no idea what you're talking about, you look like an even bigger fool. So um, you don't recognize Manny Ramirez wearing a Red Sox hat. It, ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I, I feel like the Red Sox, like there are, there are people that walk around with like Yankee hats and like Dodger hats. Cause like they're hip and cool. But like, I don't feel like the Red Sox, like the Red Sox are too like tight of a fan base where like, I feel like if somebody was doing that, they're going to get called out for it or they're just not going to do it at all. But they're not like a, you know, hip hop statement, like the Yankees, like the Yankees in the nineties, like everybody's walking around with the Yankees hat. Cause they saw, like, you know, whoever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Easy. Uh, something like that. Um, yeah, no, thank, thankfully uh, that's a good thing. Cause I don't think uh, Boston fans would stand for that. I think we're, we're too tight of a franchise Yankees fans. They're not going to stand up for their team like that. That's just not how they operate. Um, but other than that, that is about it for this week. Um, if you guys have, we'll go around, we'll share one final closing thought and then wrap up the episode. Um, I guess I'll go first. Uh, I'm pretty excited that the Woo Sox liked our tweet. I would love to uh, engage with them on Twitter more and see if they can potentially start to recognize our name. That's my goal. Awesome. Yeah, Woo Sox, I mean, Woo Sox get us in there. Um, so yesterday I spent about three and a half hours watching the 1999 All-Star game. It was a great use of my time. Um, and it got me thinking, you know, Ted Williams came out because he was at Fenway. Ted Williams came out and like shook all the players' hands. And it made me remember that Ted Williams' head is still frozen somewhere. So I think it's got to be one of these days that they take Ted Williams' head out of uh, – out of captivity here and they, they got to put it on somebody's body. They got to put that thing to good use. So, um, you know, anybody who's listening, who has ties to Ted Williams, um, severed iced head, um, get it on out. Um, you know, put it to good use. Isn't his head sitting like next to Walt Disney's head? Oh, like it probably is where I wonder where they even keep that. It's definitely somewhere in like the desert. Probably in a freezer. Yeah. Oh, definitely in a freezer. Um, yeah, my, my final thought of the week, um, you know, it, it was just a crazy week. Our, um, we, we were granted a lot of exposure from Section 10. Um, you know, it, it all stemmed from us just throwing up a little post on Reddit as any small Red Sox podcast would do and just try and advertise himself. And, you know, thankfully we got, uh, we got noticed and we were really thankful for that. We're f- thankful for everyone who spends even a minute listening to the podcast. Um, because it truly means a lot to us. And I know Steve was saying um, after our second or third episode, he said, you know, if we just get even like five or 10 people who, 
consistently listen to the show. That would be awesome. And the yeah, fact that uh, unbelievable. And the fact that we're already um, very well past that is uh, something that I think we're all um, really excited about. Uh, we thank all you guys and we're, uh, we're really proud of the product we're putting out so far. And I can tell you that it's only going to get better and we're only going to keep going. We're going to try and stretch, uh, stretch this as, as far out as we can go a couple years, five years, 10 years. Um, who knows? But um, yeah, w- once the season starts up, we're going to try and do one long episode a week and one kind of like shorter wrap up episode. Um, we just don't have enough news to do that right now, but uh, yeah, I would just say for all of you who are still listening, um, keep your eyes peeled. We got stuff in the works, big things in the works. Stay tuned. Just, just stay tuned. When this comes out, you may know more, but uh, you know, just keep your eyes peeled. Um, so anyway, thank you for listening to episode seven. If you could uh, download our episode on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, at the Gone Birds Podcast, we would greatly appreciate that. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Gone Bridge Podcast and Gone Bridge, respectively. And we will be back next Friday with episode eight. Let's get it.